0: Hello and welcome to the Tenner podcast with me, Barry Scott. Who's Barry Scott? Why has that name come to my head? Silit Bang. Silit Bang, yeah. Bang. Oh, yeah. We are not sponsored by Silit Bang, but if we, we were, should... that would be good. <laughs> well, they maybe they owe us a tenner now for, for the name drop, but we'll go from there. Right. Who's on the pod today? Connor, you've been on a date this week. How was it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I went on a date yesterday. It was very good. But uh I do have a little story to tell you about it, which will uh-huh. it's oxygen related, so it's fine.
0: That that would that would suggest that the date didn't go
1: well. Oh no, no, it went no it went well. But anyway, yesterday I was planning to meet this girl at half past three, right? So bad timing really, isn't it? Like middle like, you know, half just over halfway through the first half. So I was waiting outside this coffee shop. She was a little bit late, had my earphones in, had Radio Oxford on while I follow. And um, I see her walking down the street. So I was like, right, she's coming, I better take my earphones out. So as I take my earphones out, we concede and my face just drops. (laughs) And the first thing she said to me was, are you all right? You look a bit pissed off. And I literally just went, yeah, my football team's just conceded. But no, I'm all right. Like, we'll, let's go in. <laughs> and it was just like the poor girl. Like, you know, just, As she was walking down the street, normally it's a big smile. In fact, it was no, my face like a slapped ass because we wow, just conceded. Wow. It's, but, did you she,
0: know. it's a good job she didn't think you just looked at her. And then that's what Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but no, it was good. Thank you. Okay. It was good. good, good Other stuff. than that little misdemeanor at the beginning, which
0: could have thrown the whole thing off, but it didn't. Jack, how are you? How was your Sunday?
2: Yeah, not too bad. Chilled one, um, mostly hungover, and kind of trying to attempt to do washing and make the bed, fighting with the duvet cover, that kind of thing. Good, good, strong battle. Uh, ben, <laughs> Ben, how are we? What have you had for dinner tonight?
3: For dinner tonight, I had roasted veg with cannellini beans and a garlic mayo dressing. Wow you oh, you did that my on <laughs>
0: Yeah. You knew <laughs> yeah. that there was potential for me to ask this. I bet you've been doing that every week since you were last
3: asked. <laughs> you have, I literally yeah, texted <laughs> text my missus five break. minutes ago going, what did we have for tea? I can't remember what it was. So yes, pretty much just in case I can't live down the sandwiches. So I need to improve. Well, it sounded very impressive. It was just words to me. but
0: um, <laughs> wow. I, bet I, I bet haven't actually. Yeah, no chance, Ben. Ben's more of a sausage roll kind of guy. Greg Greg's Greg's <laughs>
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, I haven't actually had dinner, guys, so I we we've got to get under an hour today so I can run away and eat food. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's get on with it. For... That's the inspiration. Right, let's go on to the news. News.
3: Benjamin, you are the newsman. Yeah, first time with that fancy jingle. It's a bit scary. A uh, couple of bits this week. Um, first one, we had the under-23 game earlier on in the week against Wimbledon. Uh, useful game time for Baptiste, Aji and Hall. But mainly it was uh, interesting for the two trialists we had involved. The uh, first one, Jem Karajan, to give his European pronunciation. Uh, <laughs> name known to many of us, he turned down a contract offer uh, in July 2018. Uh, instead decided to join Millwall. Uh, was only there for half a season and then ended up in Australia. So he's obviously come back for... Round two. Uh, the other was uh, Malik Dickstiel, another exotic-sounding name. He's a, a young 18-year-old uh, defender, actually. Um, he's come from the youth setup at Nord. He's the younger brother of Anthony, who uh, is currently playing for Middlesbrough, signed there in the summer, but was previously at Charlton for three years, which uh, is obviously where KR came from. So I suspect that's probably where the, the link came from. But it would be interesting to see if we follow up on either of those two, even if it's just yeah. two months short-term for January. Dick Steele
0: is a very masculine sounding name, isn't it? Yeah. I, was, I was going to
1: say, could could you pronounce that again, please, Ben? It was I really enjoyed that.
0: Yeah. Dick Steele.
3: yeah, very, good. very good. very good. good. Uh, ox ox have uh, again followed up on the East End mural. That seems to have been going on for a while now, but it, it looks like it's coming to an end. The uh, process of deciding what the mural looks like. They've they've gone to the Kassam and they've done some some testing of how the different options look. So they've now put it back out to a final vote out of two options. Uh, if you listen to this on Monday, the day it comes out, you've got until the end of the day. If it's after Monday, uh, bad luck. But hopefully, they said it should take two to three weeks to manufacture and put them up. So hopefully, by middle of November, the East Stand will no longer be bare. Woo! <laughs> yeah, where's a big cheer? Uh. Finally the uh, interesting story about John Messino this week and how uh, kr's been keen to get him involved as much as possible with the coaching setup um all part of his big plan of of laying the foundations for the future uh, he said in an interview that he he knows he's not going to be here forever and it's always good to leave a club with a, a solid base on which to proceed with when the managers left um he also said that uh, Messino did get a bit of stick from the lads for wearing a blue coach's kit at the Pompey game in the midweek last week, but uh, I'm sure he's I'm sure he's just giving it all back to them anyway. I wouldn't really want to mess with Moose. Yeah, I can relate to that. I used to work uh, at the MS
0: in the centre of Oxford in the food section and me and all my mates joined as Christmas temps. And um, at one stay, we'd all been there and it got towards kind of January and a few of us stayed on. And then they asked if I wanted to be like the checkout person who like with the clipboard to like work out who needs to be on the tills when. And all the rest of my mates were still just, you know, squal- <laughs> squaloring around in the aisles. And then I just remember trying to tell them what to do, being like, Dave, can you go and check out four? And they'd be like, piss off. No. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, such uh, a I great just, analogy. <laughs> it's very, yeah, it must be yeah. kind of kind of similar because imagine when Moose is trying to get, I, I don't know, he seems to, he's very articulate, so I'm sure he can work his way around it. But you know moose yeah. if you need some support in getting through that then i'm, I'm there for you man it's fine I, I,
1: I could imagine uh jamie Mackey giving them some stick for that big time
0: <laughs> oh, for goodness. sure jamie comes across as the guy that would just <laughs> just love to rip into him right let's talk about winning
1: that's something that we're pretty used to now isn't it
0: yeah, we're used to winning. This is just the standard yeah. winning spot on the yeah, pod. I like it. Yeah, it's very good. So, um, Rotherham. Rotherham away. We hadn't won there, I, well, in Rotherham since 1983, I think I heard. Oh, that might not be right, but it was something like that.
3: No, that, that that was at the start of the highlights. Yeah, you did say that. The last time we won in the league in 1983. Well, there you go. That's good. That's a good start. Uh, pre-match in terms
0: of... Kind of following up on our kind of pub recommendations, we went to that the bridge inn, which was under new ownership, interesting ownership I'd say, and uh <laughs> when we, it's, it it kind of reminded us of a smelly bleachy it smelled of bleach and it was like a village hall that had been abandoned for forty eight years, and then someone had just kind of rocked up in it uh The Oxford scarf was still on the wall that was great, but there was a new kind of a new clientele which was mainly kind of fly based. There were just shitloads of flies everywhere. And they generally just were kind of above our heads. So hopefully it wasn't our fault. But it looked like there was a dead body in the ceiling. I think, Jack, that was your theory, right?
2: Yeah, they, they were attracted very much to the ceiling, weren't they? So there was something going on there. Something had been chopped
0: up and chucked in the ceiling. There you go. Um, in terms of the uh, lineup, then, so two changes uh, for us from the win against Donny last weekend. So Elliot Moore came in for Rob Dickey, who was suspended. Matty Taylor shrugged off his sickness bug to start instead of Mackie, and then Gorin um, also managed to get through his ankle injury to come into the team. So there was a doubt against Yeah Taylor and Gorin coming in, and Sykes kept his place uh, on the wing. It was he was kind of interchanging from right to left as the game went on, but. It was interesting that he was still there, but I guess we've got those injuries still in place. Um, But in terms of how the game started, it was pretty even, kind of opening exchanges. You could kind of see early on that Rotherham's game was just very direct and that was to be expected. Um, But yeah, not much happened. And then suddenly out of nowhere, we kind of came onto the counter. Brannigan found himself on the left wing. Um, Great hustle and bustle from him to kind of win the ball back from their right back. And then he just played Fossu in amazing first touch to create space for himself and then just bang. And you just come coming to expect this now. Like, do we like this goal, Connor? You watch this back. To be honest with you, um, I was walking
1: through the middle of Belfast when we scored. So I was kind of doing a weird kind of like clenching both fists kind of like, yes, but didn't really want to do anything. Cause it'd be a bit weird to like celebrate when not it, in the middle of fucking Belfast would be a bit weird. Um, but now watching it back, I mean, what a finish that is. I mean, it's great work initially from Brannigan to win the ball back in the first place. And then, you know, three touches, one to get it under control, one to set and unleashed a, a great left-footed strike.
0: Yeah, it was beautiful. Jack, did you like the first touch? I, I think things like that go very unnoticed, how good that was.
2: Yeah, well, he he's just got class and he's able to find space so easily. And actually... Um, as you say Brannigan's hustle and bustle but he just looks so calm at the minute Branigan on the ball like he's never flustered he knows exactly yeah. what he's going to do with it he seems to know kind of 10 seconds ahead of getting the ball whether he's won it from the other players or whether he's had a pass into him he knows where he's going to put the ball next and uh, yeah for, I mean when that ball came back to Fozzo Fozzo however you say it he had no right <laughs> he had no right to score from there from where where he received the ball It was
0: beautiful. And you can see there's a great uh, kind of Rotherham fans perspective of the goal from behind the goal. Um, I think they say, what do they say? They definitely drop a C-bomb as part of it. So I'd recommend finding it and watching it. I think I retweeted it myself.
1: One of the blokes drops the 1-0 before it even hits the back of
0: the net, (laughs) which is why I really, really enjoyed that. I was like, yes. he, He knows Fossu. He knows. We sound great from the opposite stand as well. I love that
2: sound. It's amazing. Yeah, there's nothing better than seeing a video and then hearing the the Oxford cheer when a goal goes in from the opposite end. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah, it will never beat that the video of a Swin. I think it's like a neutral fan in the Swindon uh, away game where we win 2-1 and the limbs yeah. on there. Oh, I, I watch that video like four times a year or something just to, if I'm ever in a bad mood. So <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Branigan um, kind of nearly repaid... Sorry, Fossu nearly repaid the favour of the assist to Brannigan a few minutes later, playing him in on the left-hand side. I think if he'd got it anywhere, kind of aimed a bit more to the near post, it probably would have gone in, went out for a corner. But another good chance. Uh, Rotherham then kind of flew down the other end. And this was a bit controversial. And looking at a lot of the Rotherham fans on Twitter, because often after the game, will just search Oxford were or Oxford deserved or... Oxford do you know what I mean and then it will pop up with a bunch of tweets about kind of opposition and how they how they're feeling about how we actually did most of them it was consistent in that they were saying we deserved to win but they were hung up on the fact that Cadden's goal line clearance seemed to be a handball and i have to say being behind that goal i was worried i was i was trying to think about what the double jeopardy rule does anyone actually remember what that is and whether it applies to if it's an accidental handball and then it's a penalty could he still get sent off does anyone know that I think Handball still sees a red. I think. Hmm.
1: Uh, I I don't see. I don't think it does. I don't. I think in that scenario he wouldn't have been sent off because it was evidently
0: accidental. I mean. I mean, Connor, you're you're studying football, man. You need to go in tomorrow and find this out.
2: Nah, not I'm not curious.
0: a flower. I don't study football anymore. I I studied the other stuff around it.
2: I but, mean, you know. for me, if it had been given, it would have been incredibly harsh because yeah, I thought been. he kind of ended up hitting it into the floor and it bounced up beneath his elbow or something. That's yeah. what it looked now, like. Now, if me you're going to give handball so. for that, what's the point? Yeah, yeah, see,
1: I I agree. That's what I thought when I I watched it back a few times on the highlights. And obviously, I know you can only get one angle. But that's what I thought. I was like, surely you wouldn't give that as a penalty. I mean, it was a great goal line in goal line saving uh, interception, but just so happened that it sort of bobbled up, bounced up and hit him on the arm. or elbow, yeah. wasn't it? I think, yeah. So oh well, who cares? Didn't yeah. get given, did it? So
0: No, and then to be fair, the next real action in the game was their goal anyway. Um so Eastwood, well, it this is all about Eastwood really. And After the game, I was listening back, so I was walking back to Rotherham Station, uh, put my headphones in, was listening to Radio Oxford and Jerome was on the defence for Mr Eastwood and kind of, I think he was drawing on the, the stuff that happened right at the end of the game where he kind of kept us, well, got us the win essentially with a really low kind of save to his right, but... He should really do better with that equaliser. KR tried to defend him in his post-match interview saying that um, he's been telling Eastie to come and punch and he put a big focus on it in this game as well, knowing that, as we said last week, Rotherham have that air force up front. But yeah, Ben, I didn't think he should have come out. What did you think?
3: No, I didn't think he should have either. Um, And at the time, as soon as the, the header, you can see this is going to head it back across goal. I looked at Eastwood. And he just sort of paused for about a second and he sort of went forward, went back and then went forward. And it was that delay that ultimately cost us. If he'd have just gone out and punched it, we might've been all right. Yeah. But it's just, yeah, this isn't the first time this has happened in the air. And, and especially after this goal for the rest of the game, there were several times when he, he really was unsure whether to come for it or not. And it's just, I think that confidence is maybe slightly waning a bit, whether it's because KR's told him to do something that's not in his natural game plan or not. I don't know, but I think, uh, yeah, we need him to be in control of that six-yard box a little bit better.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was very similar to what happened at Accrington, wasn't it, really? I know that was where he came out for the actual flick-on rather than the the header that went in the goal, but it was still very similar. Um, I think,
1: uh, sorry to interrupt, yeah, but yeah. I think um, something away from from Eastwood, the, the goal came from our in deep inside their half, or just, well, not deep inside their half, but inside their half, I think, when you look at the the full extent of the goal, it's a pretty poor goal to concede from the minute we lose possession. Because the lad who eventually ends up nodding the ball home, he drives past a few players after he wins the ball back from a, a Josh Ruffles throw in, that, which was quite frankly a shit throw in. Um, like he tried to launch it into Fossu, I think it was Fosu anyway, and it was yeah. the throw in was just like he's, he's trying to play such a long throw in, and then obviously it was intercepted. And then the lad drove forward, and he ended up scoring. So I think well, I think from then- a, a Go on, Jack. Sorry,
2: the 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 one that, the what really got me was it's their centre back who scored that goal. And yeah. it was from essentially open play. Yes, it was a kind of lofted lofted ball in, but we just let their centre back drive forward, play essentially yeah. a one-two where he gets a chip return, he heads the ball in. It it was just yeah. If it was, it was, that, a pretty, if it was that big centre forward, I'd be less annoyed. But yeah, it's their centre back.
1: That's, I think I think other than obviously the Eastwood situation I think when they look back on that goal there's going to be quite a few fingers being pointed at quite a few players I think actually for that one other than just Eastwood so I'm kind of that,
0: defending Eastwood a little bit that was Jerome's point I think when he was talking about it he was saying there was the multiple faults in the lead up to that but you'll always focus the, the pro, that's the thing about being a keeper right you're always going to focus on that yeah. if that's the final mistake yeah, that's made exactly. that's the critical yeah. one. So. yeah it's just uh, the nature of being a keeper isn't it yeah so final chance in the first half fell to us. So Moose had a... Well, if you slow this down, it looks like a really clear chance. I think someone on our WhatsApp group took a picture of it um, from a Rotherham's fan's perspective. But unfortunately, the game isn't played in um, slow-mo. So it came to Moose at like 100 miles an hour. And then he um, he, had, he kind of just directed it over the bar. But yeah, that was it for the first half. And then... Um, ultimately it was a positive half for us I think in summary uh, we were in it it was clear what Rotherham were there to do and their goal kind of you know highlighted that ultimately but as we went into the second half we just pretty much dominated it throughout which was incredible Um, the goal beautiful stuff so again great cross from Branigan having psyched out two defenders on the floor. <laughs> Who added that in? <laughs> I, I didn't I did remember seeing that, but it was the the actual, yeah, the, the work rate from Ruffles and Gorin to kind of quickly win the ball back like midway through the Rotherham half was just incredible. It was high press again, similar to what Branigan did for the first goal. And yeah, yeah. a second assist from Branigan that meant that Matty Taylor just couldn't really miss if he was going to get that on target. So Brilliant.
1: I wanted to add that I thought Josh Ruffles was really lucky to get away with that tackle he made to when when we won the ball back. I, oh, he, I, he got I thought ball. it was I thought it was a Stonewall free kick when I when I watched it on the highlights. Anyway, it looked as though he caught the man before the ball. But anyway, obviously it doesn't matter, does it? Again, you know, it's all no. superficial talk, isn't it? But I mean, I think it was. Connor, I we, think,
0: don't, we don't point things like that out. Ah, uh, but... wow.
1: Well. I don't know,
0: my, my, my little critical eye could
1: can, can not look at it, but no, ref, it good, another good
0: goal. The ref was not good in general. He was, especially like the first 15 minutes, he was giving away tiny little things and then suddenly decided that he was going to let a lot of stuff go to balance it out. And it was just a bit yeah. disjointed from him. So I did think he got the ball and I think for the angle of that, the video, like the highlights, I think it doesn't help, but yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks like it's a foul, but.
1: Yeah, but I don't know. Like that, nonetheless, it was, a, it was a good cross and a good finish, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, that's why we've got Matty Taylor, isn't it, Jack, to be in the right place at the right time?
2: Yeah, I mean, belting header. There's a brilliant set of photos. I don't know. It might have been Facebook. I'm not sure. It's kind of three consecutive shots of Taylor kind of twisting in the air to kind of turn the ball downwards. And actually, I think the only way he was going to score was heading it down because... In the air, the keeper would have just flung a hand out. Um, so heading it down was the only way he was going to score. And yeah, you're right. That We've now got a proper striker who scores proper striker goals. And isn't it great to see? We then uh, just
0: went through a phase where we just absolutely battered the crap out of Rotherham for about five or ten <laughs> minutes, which was just glorious. Uh, so the first chance that came after our second goal. So Henry was played clean through by Taylor on a on the counter-attack, but his touch let him down. So it looked like he was going to either get a, get the Rotherham player sent off, maybe win a penalty, but we got neither. I think it was just the first touch that screwed him there. And then, like I said, yeah, just five minutes or 10 minutes of crazy sustained pressure from Oxford. I haven't seen anything like that for a long time. Um, the kind of the main chance that sat within there was the ball fell for Matty Taylor. As soon as I saw him with the ball at, I think was it, it was from a corner, I think. And that's another thing. We would have actually, this would have counted as a goal from a corner, which would have been incredible. I thought I that as well. When I watched it back, I was his, like,
1: no. <laughs> was Elliot like, Moore,
0: corner. it was a really deep corner. It hit, Elliot Moore headed it back in from outside the box. And then, yeah, it just fell. I think it just hit ruffles and then fell to Matty Taylor, literally on the six yard box. And if you freeze frame it, you're like, He's gonna. He's just just kick it anywhere but at the keeper, um, and it's a goal. But you know he still got it on target. It was a good save. Keeper asked to position himself in the right place. But Ben, I didn't even see this because I was looking at the linesman <laughs> as soon as the ball came back in, and then before I knew it, we hadn't scored.
3: I uh, I also very quickly glanced across because it did look like he was certainly for the, the header. He was offside, but he seemed to come back onside by the time Ruffles ricocheted it towards him but yeah it's one of those where if you miss hit it it'll go in but he hit it perfectly at the keeper it's just one of those dropping and did you have too much time Uh, just bury your foot through it and smash it in but yeah I think you've got to score those if we've been really critical
0: it would have definitely made the next 10-15 minutes a lot less stressful and I think we were saying after that period of sustained pressure we really had to score then. Like, we had to get something in. There were a load of other corners as well where there was just seemed to be a a scramble that ensued once the ball came into the box. And, yeah, I think the people around us were all having exactly the same conversation in the stands. Uh, And then, yeah, as expected, eventually Rotherham kind of created that chance that we knew they'd get. So... It was kind of, it looked like it was a cross slash shot, like driven in from the left hand side. It got a deflection. And that's why I think Eastwood was credited with a really good kind of save, low at his near post. But in my opinion, and I don't know what you think, Connor, having watched it back, but it's kind of one that you'd expect him to make, I guess. Yeah. I
1: mean, don't get me wrong. It's a, it's, a, it's an important save at the time. It's you know it's a it's it's crucial that he kept that one out, and I do kind of agree with you. I mean, it's a good save. Don't get me wrong, but it, I I would have expected a, a goalkeeper of his quality, and I do like to you know to keep reiterating that because he is a very good goalkeeper, regardless of some of the mistakes he may have made uh, this season in particular. And yeah, I agree with you, mate. I think I think it was a solid save, but one I would expect him to make as well.
0: It sounds, there was a few rumours floating around the other week and we forgot to mention it on the last pod that Eastwood, this is going to be his last season with us and he's going to head back up north and I don't remember where that came from. Um, Jack, you're in the know in terms of forums and chatter. Is that a thing? I know like his, as we said before, his wife was selling chairs on (laughs) eBay and whatever. I think
2: think now his family have gone back north, it's just going to be a a rumour that stays constant forever until the point that he does leave, whether that be... January, two years, three years. I think that rumor will just be a thing now. Um, yeah, you just hope that the recruitment team have got a experienced goalkeeper as a replacement lined up because that's one position we can't afford to be uh, scratching around in.
0: No, he's been a fantastic servant. Obviously, he's been brilliant, but it's maybe he's maybe Easty himself is making the the detachment easier by the odd mistake every now and then. And he's maybe he's just planting them in games where we get a positive result just to, you know, make the transition a bit better for us. Who knows?
1: I just I just think if he does leave, I hope it's not January. That's that's all I would say. I don't think it's gonna
0: be Yeah, January. I don't I don't think it would yeah. be either
1: but yeah.
0: Especially if we're still looking like having a positive season, like he'll want that. He'll want to exit Oxford on a high, you'd imagine. Yeah. Yeah. So Sykes came off for Baptiste with like 10, 15 minutes left. Ben, do you reckon Mr. Sykes did enough in the game? Would he retain his place if others like Woodburn and Ford and co were fit?
3: Uh, I suspect Woodburn would come in for him. Um, he didn't have a bad game, didn't, just didn't have a great game. He didn't really stand out as a player. He made some decent runs at times, but just didn't, didn't happen for him. But I think, I mean, in hindsight, it's, it's great that we didn't loan him out. I think he's a really useful player. Definitely, it should be in the squad each week. Um, but yeah, I think he's certainly with Woodburn and uh, Ford injured that um, Thorn injured. Sorry that uh, he he's got a start. I think yeah, next
0: week. I he had a shaky start and he looked a bit nervous. Like he was played kind of through where he only had one man to beat and he could have kind of kicked it past him and chased after it. But I thought after that he looked a bit shaky for a period of time until he kind of had a few touches. But maybe that's fair enough.
3: Yeah, it might, might just be a lack of game time, I think, just sort of getting in that rhythm of it. Training's obviously a little bit different. So it maybe just a, the more games he plays, the, the the amount of times he does that is going to reduce.
0: Yeah. Uh, so Matty Taylor picked up his fifth booking of the season. It was one of them where the ref just points everywhere on the pitch and the actual foul itself was just nothing. Uh, you know, suggesting that he'd been kind of niggling at defenders. He was hard done by, in my, my opinion, because he was getting absolutely battered from the Rotherham defence the whole way through the game. And he was often getting penalised when he was doing nothing wrong. And I am not, even, I don't even think I'm saying that in a bias kind of way. I don't know, Jack, if you noticed that as well.
2: Yeah, it was um, one of those games where the ref decided he's going to be the player I book at some point. Um, I need to justify it by giving fouls every five minutes and I'll book him kind of late in the game. Um, it's a bit like when we had Rob Duffy. He, there'd be some refs that would let him go, get away with everything and some refs that would penalise everything. And yesterday, with Taylor, the ref decided, yeah, I'm going to penalise him all the time for, as you say, very little in comparison to that Smith they had up front, who was shoving, pulling shirts, etc., etc. But he didn't get booked, didn't really get penalised at all.
0: Yeah, maybe the ref is a Rochdale fan and he doesn't want Taylor playing against them next week. Who knows? And if he
1: is, he succeeded. (laughs)
0: Yeah, so at the final whistle, we all cheered, everyone was very happy. KR was obviously looked delighted, passionately kind of embracing Moose and all the others. But Jack, you've kind of managed to summarise the reaction. Do you want to talk that through?
2: Yeah, so I think he he followed up his pre-match stuff about um, this is the kind of start of the season, if you like. So I think he split the season into three parts, into kind of August, into mid-October, where it's all generally sunny and nice. Um, back end of October into kind of January, February, it's all the winter and the Tuesday nights away and it's freezing cold. And then the back end of the season is the kind of the business time. But he said, um, you know, Rotherham would be a test to see where we're at. And it's a massive step in the right direction. Um, he still says actually that he thinks we've got quite a way to go. We're not where we should be. Um, points out the fact that we could have we scored more, should have scored more. And, um, so, yeah, he, he was happy and I thought it was really nice, actually. He dedicated the win, um, obviously, to Womble um, and just kudos to the Rotherham fans, actually, because they joined in with the, the minutes minute applause on the 65th yeah. minute, 66th minute. Um, so that was a really nice touch. Um, then, yeah, I think Matty Taylor, um, it was quite an interesting interview because he, he spoke a lot about everyone who's not involved. So the likes of Dan Argy, who's not playing much, all the backroom staff, he says, you know, the, the amount of work that you see every day is incredible. Um, obviously himself, he's, he's frustrated to be missing next week. Um, and then Gorin, I liked his interview. He was very happy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I, he, I he, enjoyed generic, it. The generic kind of, it's a hard place to come. We dealt very well with direct football. Um, we know we can play football, but we're now doing the dirty side of it. And then I think it's Chris Williams who's doing the 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 interview and says, oh, did you realise you've got a song now? And he kind of started beaming a, bit, a big smile and said, oh yeah, I'm buzzing with that. Class to have a song, what a proud <laughs> moment. And I just thought, oh, you know, that's the highlight of his life, I think, at the minute. Yeah. I don't know if he's aware of what the lyrics are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I was going to say, maybe he embraces the stereotypical or mild race mild racism that comes with his chant what is it he drinks estrella eats paella, yeah. and he goes into <laughs> so i i liked the way in that interview though he has all the kind of colloquiali- colloquialisms is that a word yes. he's kind of got that kind of like informal lads 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 approach and for someone that is spanish <laughs> but has been in australia and then gone to scotland i'm impressed that he's managed to kind of retain any kind of sensible accent whatsoever so his, ac-
1: his accent's class as well i thought it was yeah. brilliant like when he started beaming it just got like even stronger but it was class <laughs> i really i really enjoyed that interview Thought that was good um
2: yeah well sorry um and paul ward rotherham's manager just kind of um, he essentially repeated everything he predicted that might happen during his pre-match stuff, um, and it had happened. So he essentially said uh, we had a standout player in Fosu, um, and Rotherham had no one that could, uh, you know, match up with that. Um, he said about Fosu. Sorry, Fos- sorry, Fosu was
0: absolutely spent after about <laughs> sixty-five minutes. He was absolutely gone, and he still he managed to kind of have a second wind through giving himself a bit of a break, but he put so much effort in leading up to that point that um, you could see I'm surprised he wasn't taken off or like Hall Hall brought on or whatever we were talking
2: about that. And then I think, yeah, Warren just uh, goes on the list of opposition managers who are saying that we're a really good side. Um, So that's quite nice to hear, although um, it's going to come back to haunt us at some stage, you would think, but it's always nice to hear the opposition giving us credit because uh, we haven't seen that very much um, these you know recent seasons.
0: What's that now? Connor, you were saying no defeats in seven. Yeah, is it seven? I think so. I think you were right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I recall seeing that and hearing that on the radio and on Twitter as well. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't, you know, we, can't, we don't have nothing to complain about, which is great it's brilliant
0: no and uh, jack's put a note on here about entertaining vlogs is it vlogs or vlogs oh, so i'm not no down it's, with the it's, kids.
1: it's 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 vlog it's vlogs lads it's vlogs. vlogs anyone who says vlogs, basically does you
0: know they're in the 20th vlogs. century so yeah okay fine thanks i mean uh so there's some entertaining vlogs from the home ends yeah there's a few good uh kind of video clips and you can watch our goals from various different angles and one of them especially is kind of on the side of the pitch and then he quickly pans when the ball goes in uh, especially for Fosu's goal over to our fans and you get to see all the limbs and that's what you want
3: to
1: see. <laughs> I don't know if anyone saw the sorry talk about limbs I don't know if anyone saw all the criticism that the Reading fans were getting because of their 96 minute winner and their lack of limbs and they were just defending. They were just defending themselves by saying it was the family stand. But it was just hilarious how literally no one moved when they scored their win on the 96th minute.
0: Well, it's because they're all plastic and they're just stuck yeah. to the plastic seats. I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they won't listen to this podcast. I'm no. fine with saying that. Yeah. God, we haven't played them in so many years, and the the only game I remember is at the Manor, we beat them 3-0 at home and their fans came crashing through the kind of blue metal fencing. I don't know how they got through it midway through the game and just the game had to stop. And I was just like, God. And I was a little, I remember being, I was a kid in the beach road and just going, who are these Muppets? I've never <laughs> never forgiven them since. <laughs> anyway, uh, in, ter- in, some, in terms of like summary views from the group, so Seven unbeaten, Ben, how are you feeling going into the Rochdale game next week? I know we're going to preview it in a second
3: anyway, but fantastic! This is uh, it's great that we've we've turned it around, and ever since that Bolton game we went to, where we thought we were absolutely dire, we've been brilliant. So, long may that continue. Good. Anything to add, Connor? Uh, no, not really.
0: I'm, I echo. I think Ben says. Good. Yeah. Good, Jack. Any final thoughts on the game or anything we missed?
2: I don't think so. It's just it's great to see us being able to produce very different performances um it's not very often we've gone kind of up north if you like and ground out a result and looked quite comfortable in doing it as well so long may that continue indeed right let's look at what happened across League one this
3: weekend Benjamin you've stir picking out a couple of, of standout results the first one was from Bert. Was it today? I think it was today. The uh, Accrington Ipswich game where they uh, beat them two 0 So did they? It was Ipswich's first league defeat of the yeah. season. Yeah, they did. I
0: didn't even know that was a game. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, it was. It was on. It was on TV. I watched it this afternoon. It was. A, it was a really good game. Wow, that yeah, was good. Can I? Can I? Can I just add something on that very quickly? Sorry, um, Ipswich fans. Uh, they they had a banner um, dedicated to, to Billy Key. Basically, it was a banner and it said, Billy Key, you're not alone. Obviously, we know that Billy Key is battling with uh, depression and anxiety uh, at the moment. And I think that is a great gesture from the Ipswich fans. I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. So I just wanted to put that out there.
3: Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, absolutely. Echo. It's a good thing they've done there. Um, so yeah. So maybe the point at Accrington isn't actually so bad if they... Uh, Spring a few more home results like that in the next coming weeks and months. Another another result which stood out was uh, Wimbledon getting a home victory against Portsmouth. Uh, Wimbledon still struggling at the bottom half, bottom end of the table, and Pompey season still hasn't really got going. They've uh,
0: that's two in a row for Wimbledon though, isn't it? I think they won four one at South Southend. Three
3: in a row th-
1: now for them. Yeah.
0: Three. Wow.
1: Yeah. All I've heard from my mate who's a Wimbledon fan is how fantastic they are, and I just sit there like, yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> Wow. do you, do you have a mate that's a Wimbledon fan Connor? you've never mentioned it <laughs> uh you know, I need to stop mention I need to stop mentioning it because he's doing my nutting. So
3: <laughs> evidently he's getting to me you can tell <laughs> uh lastly was uh Wickham Got a, a 1-0 victory against Sunderland. That was uh, Parkinson's first game in charge of the Maccums. Um So Sunderland's form seems to be slipping again there, dropping down the table. Hopefully that will still be the case uh, in about 10 days' time in the League hmm. Cup. Uh, other results from teams we've played or will play. Uh, Donny got back to winning ways. 2-0 home win against Bristol Rovers. Uh, Rochdale, although they did go behind, ended up winning 3-1 away at Bolton. So we play them, obviously, next week. Uh, how the table looks... Uh, even though they lost and Wickham won, there's no change at the top two. we still have a game in hand. Uh, Peterborough, Fleetwood, ourselves and Coventry make up the playoff places. At the other end, Bolton's still right down there in End. Despite their run of form, Wimbledon are still just in the relegation zone, but they're only a point off 20th and three points off Burton in 15th. But again, there's a big caveat of for the next 10 games or so until the league gets back to normality and the teams playing the same number of games, I think you can't look too close at the positions.
0: Yeah, it's it's easy to get excited about where we are in the league, but yeah, we have played more games than
2: everyone around us, really. Yeah. So I think there's a there's a round of fixtures Tuesday night that would have been our berry game. So teams will catch up one on us then. Um, so we'll have to keep keep an eye out for what what happens on Tuesday. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Right. Cheers, Ben. Let's uh, look forward and uh, preview Rochdale.
2: Okay, so um, just did a little bit of research about Rochdale and uh, they're creatively nicknamed as The Dale. So here's some <laughs> facts about The Dale. Um, so, if this is a really nerdy stat, actually, but if you looked at every side that have existed continuously uh, in the Football League since it became four divisions, and so the 20s, uh, their average position of the number of teams would be 76th and if you looked at it, when it got expanded to 92 clubs in the early 50s their average position since then would be 79th Um so which essentially says which is the next thing that um, they're not very good historically <laughs> they've had, not, had very little success <laughs> um, and they've got the record for spending the longest amount of time in the bottom division of the same league So from 1974 to 2010, so 36 seasons, uh, they were in the bottom division. And actually, it got nicknamed the Rochdale Division for a little bit. Um, That is incredible. This
0: has come up before, hasn't it? But I just don't understand how that's possible. Or surely that won't be repeated ever again. Like football moves on too much these days.
2: And then the, the other one, which I thought, again, was brilliant they uh they hold a the distinction of having played the most seasons in the football league without ever reaching the top two tiers or being relegated to the conference so as of last season or this season there'll be 92 seasons of being in the third or fourth division so they haven't had a lot of uh, kind of success over the years um and kind of bringing it a bit more oxford focused uh, they were our first ever opponents at Grenoble Road for a competitive game, uh, and they beat us, which uh, rather put a damper on that day. But there we <laughs> go. Um, as for recent results, as Ben just said, they had a win at Bolton yesterday, um, which gave them two wins from the last two games. Prior to that, they'd kind of struggled and only won two of their previous 11. Um, they got in the news a bit because they took Man United to penalties, Um and actually, I think they got quite a lot of praise for their performance at Old Trafford. So they can, yeah. uh, they can turn it on, potentially. Um, interestingly, they've won four this year, um, but only against sides below them. And three of their four wins have actually come away from home. So that suggests they maybe have a bit of a go away from home. Um, on the flip side, they did get slaughtered 6-0 at Peterborough. But to be fair, Peterborough is starting to knock a few past everybody. Um, In terms of ones to watch, um, they've got a striker called Ian Henderson who seems to have been around forever, but um, he's only 34, so he's kind of a Jamie Mackey-type veteran. and He's got seven goals so far this season. He's actually scored 10 goals or more in the last six seasons. He got 20 goals last year, so he's one to keep an eye out for. Uh, They've got Calum Camps, who's a 23-year-old midfielder, uh, he's been there since his academy days and he's played over 200 times. He scored against us last season. Uh, he's played every game this year. He kind of plays in the number 10 role. It's probably a, a poorer version of Branigan, obviously. And then they've got Luke Matheson, who uh, made his debut last season when he was just 15. Uh, he's now 17 and he's uh, played four times, came on to sub at Bolton yesterday. And he's kind of hit the news a little bit because he actually scored at Old Trafford in their, in their cup draw. So uh, he's potential mm-hmm. one for the future. And they've got a lot of veteran players as well. I noticed they've just signed Paul McShane, the ex-Reddin, Hull, um, whoever else he's played for, Northern Irish, no Irish so defender. Aaron Wilbraham who's 39. So you've got a 17-year-old and a 39-year-old, which is quite impressive, actually. <laughs> in terms of their style and shape, Uh, They played a 4-2-3-1 at Bolton yesterday, and they do seem to play that away from home. Um, I think they've got a bit of pace in the midfield areas so maybe try and play a little bit on the counter. And they actually, a lot of their games have had goals in. So they've conceded 22 goals so far, but they scored 17. Um, So that leads on to kind of predictions. I think, in short, there will be goals. Um, An early goal would probably be good because they'll have to come at us. So I'm going to say 3-1. Um, Fosu is going to score again. Brannigan and Josh Russell is due one. Um, what's everyone else thinking, Connor? <clears throat>
1: I'm sticking with the with the goals theme. I'm going for three nil. I think we're going to keep a nice clean sheet. I think Fosu, we've got on the score sheet. I think uh, Mackie and Brannigan.
3: Ben, uh, I'm going to go two nil. Um, I think again we'll, we'll keep a clean sheet. Uh, I think Dickie will come back in, into the side, but it's a bit harsh on Moore. I thought he did well yesterday. Uh, I'll go with Fosu and Mackie as scorers. It's got all this positivity, James? Yeah, I
0: they seem to have a reputation. I'm not just, I'm not sure if it's just because of one of the goals they scored against um, Southend. They got all the plaudits, but they're meant to be a side that like a lot of possession and seem to play with a bit of flair away from home. So, like you said, goals, goals, goals. Having said that. <laughs> I'm gonna say one nil to us, and I reckon we'll it'll be a frustrating game. We'll have 26 shots precisely, and then we'll we'll get the goal in the 74th minute, and it'll be a James Henry penalty. <laughs> how
1: many of these 26 shots? How many are we having on target? Because their goalkeepers have an absolute
0: worldy only four. It's been it's going to be a tough day. Right, glad, I'm
1: not glad okay. I'm not. There, I mean, to be fair, if that does happen, then I'll take it because it's still three points. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, let's move on to on this day and then we'll crack on straight after that into the last pick in P11, which everyone loves.
1: Connor. Hello. Uh, First of all, A very big happy birthday to our very own Rob Hall. He turns 26 today. So, you know, on this day and all that. Happy birthday, Rob. Um, I've got got two on this days today, and both of which are game-related. And they both sort of stuck out because they are Yorkshire-related. And obviously, we have quite a few connections with Yorkshire contained within... Not just this group of people on the podcast, but also within the Yorkshire Yellows uh, supporters group. So, on the twentieth of October in two thousand and three, uh, we played York City at Bootham Crescent, and we drew two two, uh, with Chris Basham getting a, a brace for Oxford. And just you know, just just from me, I love Chris Basham. I don't know if anyone else absolutely loved Chris Bassman, is, but I loved him. Is
0: that what this was all about? <laughs> it was all
1: about Chris, yeah, really. You I just loved him. to get that well, in. As a kid, I, I absolutely loved him. Um, the second one, also keeping with the Yorkshire theme, uh, on this day in 1984, we took down Sheffield United 5-1 in an, uh, in an old Division 2 fixture. And uh, I sort of picked this one out because uh, I'm going to Bramwell Lane next month and I'm sure many of you know that Bramwell Lane is the oldest oldest football ground in the UK, and it was built in 19 uh, sorry 1855. And the first match was played there in 1862. So a uh, little bit of trivia stats for you there. Um, nice. But other than the on this day, we move on to the last pick in PE11. And as of last week, we were searching for our left back. And uh, the results, uh, they were not conclusive because uh, we had some joint winners, which were Tony Capaldi and uh, Tom Newey. They both got 32% of the votes. Wow. Uh, how, many, how
0: many votes were there, just out of interest? I do we know? I don't,
1: I don't know. I, the last time I looked was uh, three days ago, and there was 76, I think. I can, I can very quickly check now, actually.
0: I wonder if um, Tony Capaldi and Tom Newey got all their mates to vote up the other one to try and stop him yeah, from getting in. Uh, uh,
1: all right. Uh, we've got 87 votes in the end. I've just checked. So, yeah, 87 votes. Okay. Um, but so they finished on 32% each. Um, they, and obviously, these two finished above uh, Alex Jenin and John Meads. So, Tom Newey, uh, we've decided, is going to be inducted into our uh, last pick in PE11 because he's played the most games for the club. Uh, and also because he was my pick, and I hate him, so getting um, it.
0: We did. We did have a Leeds fan. Uh, a Leeds fan messaged me, and he's a mate. He's my missus cousin actually, but he said Tony Capaldi would be a good shout for uh, this very kind of game for a Leeds perspective so maybe he uh, can get right. in that one so Tony if you're listening you've still got a chance in getting in someone's last pick
1: <laughs> Class I think also it's worth mentioning that a few fans on, on Twitter brought up the fact of uh, Ashley Smith-Brown who we had on loan last year from uh, mm. no sorry was it last year was season before from uh, Man, uh, Man City and that- he was awful he was awful and obviously he came with
0: Buckley Ricketts didn't he and he was also crap so he might be in in for a bit of a running. I c I couldn't stand either of those two. In fact, it was rather in yeah. away that I distinctly remember where they both played and they just were absolutely yeah. horrendous. We ended up losing yeah. that
1: 3-1. So uh as as we look at the lineup so far, so goalkeeper, we've got Mike Salmon. Right back, we have the one and only Dwight Talandelli, however you pronounce the name. Tien Daly. Tien uh, I'll absolutely stuff that one and then left back I could just about pronounce this one we've got the one and only and my favourite player of all time Tom Newey. Um so obviously the next position that we require are well two positions we require are two centre backs so um, I think just we're going to throw a few names out there and I know Jack's going to go through some some other ones but I want to quickly mention uh, Ben Futcher as one and also Aaron Martin which Oh, I just no. I, I, again, he's another one that I, I didn't get on with Aaron Martin.
0: He he was another one. Did we sign him from Coventry, Jack? You'll remember that. Yes. No, we did. Yeah, Yeah. we did. Yeah, yeah. And but when we signed him, it looked really, really promising. And again, he had a lot of potential. But yeah, injuries and stuff. And then when he came in, he just looked shell shocked. But yeah, (laughs) he had a great
2: habit of falling over as well. Yeah, Jack. What about the other ones?
1: I'm sorry. Am I right in saying Aaron Martin also had a man bun, didn't he? No. i swear he did, didn't he? At one point.
0: Is this in your dreams alongside Maybe.
1: Tom? Tom <laughs> Maybe. <Newy. laughs> Maybe it's well. Tom knew he definitely didn't have a man bun, did he? Yeah. He, he was. He was. <laughs> all right. All right. Slaphead, all right.
2: Really? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jack. Other players. I mean, there's a long list. We've had quite a lot of very poor centre backs over the years. So a few. I just quickly. Rustled up. Leo Roger and Dave Weasley who actually played together in the four. Um so kudos to them for being usly crap together. Um <laughs> a few from kind of the the late days at the manor. There was Ian McGuckin, uh Lee Jarman, who oh blimey. me. I mean there's bad players and there's bad players and they took the biscuit really. Phil Bolland, and then we were discussing before we came on about half the oh Gun Gunore. um so I think once we put the poll on Twister, there could be endless names that get in there. Um, I'm sure plenty of fans will have their own nightmares that they remember as well. So there's could be quite an interesting one, that. Yeah. We'll have
0: to consolidate these down to four, I imagine, right? And the top two will make it into the centre-back positions, I think is what we said. So good luck to all of them. I think Brian, <laughs> was it Brian Wilsterman? Someone just shouted in the pub uh, yeah. at us the other day. just before Rotherham, so maybe that's another one. I don't remember enough about how he performed to be honest, but yeah. Okay, let's move on to the quiz and then we are done. We might get under ten under an hour, guys, but we'll have to see.
2: It's your turn, Jack. Okay, so gone to for the, the ten snap questions. The, the only theme is they're based on our first season back in the Football League. So 2010-2011 season, they are all related to. So uh, hopefully that's not too distant in the memories. Um, as usual, it's to just say your name and I'll come to you. And if you get it wrong, I'll, I'll uh, let someone else have a go. So, question number one. In that season how many different players made a league appearance and this includes a five minutes of appearance here and there James it,
1: are we guessing a, are we guessing a number
2: uh, of players uh, seven yeah sorry yeah you're guessing a number if you get within two I'll be kind 20 uh, okay no Connor Uh 21 on. 22 22 22, 22. No, so let's see if Ben can nick it. Uh I'm gonna go with thirty. It was uh, you get a point there, so it was thirty-two players we used that wow. season. Wow Go on, Ben. And the blind me were looking through the uh the squad list, there was some horrors. Um, <laughs> question two Who scored more league goals that season, Asa Hall or Simon Heslop? Connor. Go on. Simon, uh Heslop. No James
0: <laughs> well, <so. laughs> I, wonder, um, I, say, I don't think I deserve a point for this. <laughs> Asa Hall, I would have said Asa Hall though, because he had a he had a good season.
2: Yeah, it was Asa Hall, four goals to three. I just uh, stuffed that. Simon that's all. It's a true or false one. So you have to be quick to get in. True or false? Ryan Clark played every minute in every league game that season. Connor. True. Well, it is. Yeah. <laughs> for, a, for a bit of a nerdy fact, who was the goalkeeper who sat on the bench all season?
3: Oh.
2: I don't know. Uh, James Wayne Brown? No, no, it was the one and only Simon Eastwood. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, yeah, bloody.
1: That, yeah, fucking hell.
2: Yes, there you go. Uh, question it's, four. You stumped us all. <laughs> Question four, of these random players to play some league appearances, who made the most? So the four players are Richie Baker, Jimmy Sangare, Simon Hackney and Ryan Burge. So who played the most out of those four? James. Go on. Ryan Burge, I remember.
0: <laughs> Ryan Burge. nope uh, no. Connor. Go on.
1: Richie Baker. No. Nope. Oh, i fucking feel fuck. it again. Go for ben.
2: Uh, I'll go with option number two.
1: <laughs> oh, can't
3: remember the name. Oh
2: no, that was Angare. So no, it wasn't them either. It's uh, Simon Hackney,
0: aged fifteen <laughs> times apparently. Wasn't um, Ryan Burge was the one that was meant to be amazing, and then also Richie Baker turned out to be a complete arsehole, didn't he? Was he the Berry guy, or was that someone
2: else? Yeah, Baker came from or went to Berry. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then is. Ryan Burge is actually on a uh, this is really sad episode of Traffic Cops. Uh, getting pulled <laughs> but having no assurance <laughs> and speeding on the M1. So, there so, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, okay, moving on. Question five. Uh, who scored our first league goal of that season? Tom Craddock, James Honceball, or Jack Midson? Connor. Um, Jack, Mi- Jack Midson. It was. Connor gets that. That was in a 2 1 win over Berry. Uh, yeah, question six we played Bristol Rovers in the first round of the League Cup that season but what James, score did we 6-1 six, six, it was 6-1 oh, point for James
0: okay, oh the boy I
2: was at that it was great question 7 uh, how many players did we have sent off away at Bradford in a 5-0 defeat
0: James go on I was at that too and both our centre-backs got sent
2: off too they were so Can a bonus point if you can name them uh Crichton, oh, Crichton yeah, and Jake Wright. It was so. There's you get the bonus as well. Oh, flying ahead. Knowledge over here, boys. Knowledge. Uh, question eight. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I did this one. What was our final league position? And were we closer to first or twenty fourth based on number of points? So, come in with a league position, and then we'll go for the James. Second. Go on, James. Closer to the bottom. Yes, we were close to the bottom. Where did we finish? 12. We
0: did, spot on.
1: <sighs> Google, he's got it up. I definitely. swear
0: on my children's uh, life, I don't I know, I'm, it. Only, I'm
1: <laughs> only joking. <laughs> I'm just jealous of your knowledge. <laughs> that was a <laughs> well, guess. So we yeah, so were guessing skills. We've so got a
2: couple of questions left. We've got Ben on a point. Connor's got one and James is... Oh, sorry, Connor's got two. And James is piling ahead on. Are you sure court. Connor hasn't got more than that? I thought. Uh, anyway, maybe not. He's he's shooting me out of it. There you go. <laughs> Question nine. Tom Crudick uh, was uh, probably the star signing of that season, but where James sign Connor? Luton. oh you. Yeah, James.
1: Who, right with Luton. who 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 got that?
3: Me. Oh, it's then. not Ben Ben sat there wrapped up in lag he can't get <laughs> out of I'm, just, I'm just staring at the clock that's ticking the down towards an hour while you two just general
2: talking bollocks so. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on to the last one so let's uh, see come, on, come, on, come on so which company became shirt sponsor at the beginning of that season James Connor James Riddle yes it was, that was nice. defi- I was definitely there
0: before you on that one the lag got me I, you have to remember I can edit this however I
1: want <laughs> <laughs> just
2: just remove yeah, my yeah. entire soundscape for the last three minutes <laughs> due to due to lag issues uh, clearly James was the dominant uh, dominant party for that one so well done
1: this is, this is why he keeps winning all the quizzes
0: because he's just got host connection <laughs> I don't think it's the host connection I know, in fact I guys this, this should be encouragement for all of you to sort out your own internet and your laptops and all that stuff and then you can you can compete what can i say it's just
1: the guy sitting on the bloody golden throne over there with his with all his with his with his big with his big macbook and all the rest of it you know yeah right <laughs> <laughs>
0: in my ivory ivory tower, ivory tower.
1: chucking stuff yeah. at you right quick wrap up because we got under an hour
0: quick yeah uh fantastic i can't believe it 58 minutes 34 35 okay uh who what are we previewing next time i don't even remember Is it the West Ham game, I'm guessing? West Ham, Sunderland. Sunderland. Oh, Sunderland. Sorry, sorry. I'm still back in the last round.
3: Sunderland and potentially Portsmouth if the game's not abandoned for international calls. Yeah, Pompey away. Okay, fantastic.
0: Thanks for listening to everyone and uh, have a good week and give us some feedback and yes, bye-bye. Yes, under an hour. Whoop! we've got over thirty seconds before it hits an hour. Should we just what do What do we do? Bonus Alex feature:
2: Rodriguez.
0: Because... <laughs> Alex
2: Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez.